I hope one thing that we can all agree on is that young black people make digital culture. Without our memes, without our tweets, without our vines when that was a thing, this whole new media landscape that we're living in simply does not exist. Now, unfortunately, we are not adequately compensated for that work. So I love to talk to black millennials about the ways that they are working to institutionalize digital content curation. One of those people is Jasmine Lawson. She is a 25-year-old Spelman grad, and currently she's culture editor at Giphy. Giphy is kind of like a huge library of GIFs. Now, GIFs are really short video clips, usually about one to two seconds, that are generally used to convey emotion. You've definitely seen one. I'd bet money that you've used one. And this startup is working to make finding them and using them much easier. I wanted to talk to Jasmine about the work that she's doing and what it means to celebrate our culture and distribute our culture in these little bite-sized pieces. I'm Kimberly Foster. You're listening to Black Media Minute. Here's the interview. Let's just get into first, what do you do? I am the culture editor at Giphy. Um, and it's kind of a title that I, one, created for myself because I first started off as a general editor at Giphy, just on the editorial team. Um, but I noticed that we could definitely just be doing more around identity and diversity when it comes to gifts and representation. Um, and I kind of just started doing little more projects along the way, so much so that the little projects kind of end up taking up a lot of my time. And I was like, I think I should just be doing this full time. I enjoy it. It's work that I like to do. And my boss and everyone at Giphy agreed. And since then, I've just been focusing on how we provide better representation or even just nuanced representation um, using gifts. Uh, we have a great partnership community, a great artist community on Giphy, and a lot of people already doing dope work. Um, so my job is really just to help amplify the work that people are doing, um, work with cool, new, interesting people. And because Giphy is in a space now where you know people are basically talking and communicating with our gifts every day, that it's important to us that people see themselves, every type of user of Giphy sees themselves in our content. Yeah. So that's what I focus on every day. And it's really fun. <laughs> so interesting. You're creating culture, defining culture, moving culture forward through gifts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I should put that on my uh, my resume. <laughs> you just described it perfectly. <laughs> yeah. And also, I have to say that I am on the other side of the gift gif pronunciation, but I know that okay. you pronounce it gif. So yes. and. Giphy pronounces it GIF, and so I am accommodating. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> I will say everyone asks me that question, I think, or anyone who works here gets asked that question all of the time. Is it GIF or GIF? That's like the number one question. Okay, but the creator did say GIF. He did, but it's like, eh. And then my, my, answer this, my answer these days is that Michelle Obama pronounces it GIF, and I do everything that she does. Um, okay, fair. Yeah, I consider her more correct than the person who created the medium. <laughs> okay, listen, that's fair. What was the job description for the post that you applied for at Giphy? So I originally applied to be a social media manager at Giphy. 
Um, and then I didn't end up getting that position, but they really, really liked me. And so I ended up just being like a general editor on the editorial team as they were growing. What did you have to do? Just working daily, going through all of our content, um, working with all the editors. We have vertical leads for different things such as film and sports and television and just helping them with their projects. But, you know, that's kind of what you know, led into the phase I am now. But that's originally what I ended up doing when I first started at Giphy. Mm -hmm. And how did you become culture editor? So yeah, I mean, as I was doing that work, I just wanted to make sure we were expanding on our library. For me, like the first thing selfishly I tell people that I really wanted to work on was making sure we had dope, cool gifts of different types of Black women that like, you know, it's good to have good Black women representation. And as much as I love Beyonce, um, like we definitely needed more, you know, saturation than Beyonce and Nicki Minaj gifts, but like just expanding on that. And even within like, you know, the looks of Black women, like, me personally, as a light-skinned woman, I don't want to see a whole bunch of light-skinned girls all day long. <laughs> like, I was like, we have too much representation. Like, we need diversity within skin tone and body size and within gender identity. Um, so just working in that space to really create stuff around that. And I kind of just kept expanding that beyond, you know, my own community, but to the Latinx community and the Asian community. Um, and then at the start of 2017 is when I really started, like, defining, you know, real projects to my role. Um, and I I didn't necessarily see how this was going to uh, plan out when I was planning these projects, but Black History Month, Women's History Month, and the Asian Pacific Islander Month kind of all fell um, linear together. <laughs> so I was very, very busy at the top of the year. Did you have specific aims? Were there any concrete goals? But for me, I just wanted to see what dope stuff we could do in that space. So like even Black History Month in particular, um, the two projects that we worked on with our artist community that was really, really fun to me. One, I actually pitched um, a Black hair project to our artist community um, on our studios, which is our, Giphy Studios is our company out in LA. And they work a lot with our artists and our visual artists to create original stuff for Giphy mm -hmm. and for our partners. Um, but the Black Hair Project for me is like, I think a lot of times we talk a lot about Black hair, but there's so many more nuances and like our hair um, is a big part of our lives and just how we take care of it. Um, so I really wanted to capture small things like when you are wake up at 3 a.m. and see that your headscarf is like on the other side of the bed. Um, like why <laughs> does it keep falling off? Or, you know, how long it takes to take out your braids and having to call your girls over to help you take them down. Or, you know, the barbershop experience for men um, and what that means to them and that being like a, a space for them to, you know, relax. Uh, so just capitalizing on those nuances within black hair was really important to me. And then as well as our, 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 our icon project, I really wanted to show, you know, different uh, Black figures that don't necessarily get talked about as often during Black History Month that people know, like, you know, Maya Angelou and Fannie Lou Hamer and Ida B. Wells. And that was super exciting to me. Like, I remember we um, launched a cool partnership with the Blackbirds team at Twitter to really uh, amplify these gifts and this project that Giphy was doing because um, they, too, as well, were doing some great stuff around Black History Month. And so our projects kind of uh, helped each other. 
Um, but just seeing like that the first day of Black History Month, one, Beyonce announcing her pregnancy, and then two, like all this fun that everyone was having on the internet, just, you know, Black, I don't know, Black History Month is super lit these days, um, and everyone loves it, <laughs> and gifts just make it extra fun. But like people like the Ida B. Wells Foundation, like using a gift, like that just wasn't something that ever was possible before. So it was really exciting to me to think that something that I cared about and the idea that I had to bring representation and a face to someone that we all care about um, in this new medium called a gift. You work with celebrities and people who are cultural icons. Do you have difficulty or does the company have difficulty explaining to them like why this it would be important for them to come in and allow them to be made into gifts? Well, our LA team does the majority of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure how much difficulty it is for them. I think it's so funny. People really, really are excited by Giphy. Um, I went to like a screening of the last episode of Insecure uh, and Jay Ellis had hopes to do like a little screen series for us and the a guy Tristan Winger who plays the Yoda on the show uh, I, I wanted to take like a video or like a picture with him because I'm such a fan of him I have been since Aqua Black Girl um, but then my friend was like oh yeah she works for Giffy and he was like Giffy I love Giffy like uh, I um I use Giphy every day. And ironically enough, that was like the same episode that they had used gifts in the episode, which was so cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, it's so funny to see like the celebrities or people who I'm fans of also geek out about our brand. Um, so I think that's just been an exciting thing for us too. Like we um, are so modest and we kind of still think of ourselves as, like this little corner on the internet that we're very unaware that uh, people on a larger scale scale love us and use us and uh, want to be a part of it and want their own gifts. Um, so I don't know if necessarily they have trouble uh, so much. Maybe it's like the older people uh, just having to explain to them like what gifts are. But I remember I went to, we have a good partnership with the Paley Center and um, I had to do a red carpet for Quantico and I was making gifts on the carpet and Blair Underwood was on the carpet and he was asking me all these questions about how to save a gift and like if he puts it on Dropbox and he was just so super interested. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, why is Blair Underwood talking to me first and foremost? And second of all, like he's super, super interested in like understanding this gift stuff. But he was, it was kind of sad though because he's like a dad now and doesn't really understand it. But it was a really cool experience. Well, he's like in his late 40s. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know where I'm where how did that happen because he still looks amazing. I'm like, God damn, Blair Underwood. Um, but yeah, he he's getting up there. So it's like explain to my grandpa how to save and send something. <laughs> A big part of your job is keeping up with culture. Do you ever feel like there's too much to consume? <sighs> no. <laughs> I think that the, the, the thing that makes me great and a lot of people on my team great um, is because we are the consumers of the product. We are like the perfect people to be working on the team because I love being on the Internet all day long. I mean, of course, I get uh, fatigued like anyone else, but for the most part, I as much as I can consume, I want it. It's something that always fuels me. It's my go to. I get asked all the time, how do I detox? And I'm like, I don't. And I don't actually find a problem with it. Um, I'm one of those weird people that actually needs it. I would need to not have Wi-Fi to turn off 
Uh, so there is a lot to consume. I mean, I, in my personal life, away from like, you know, the work I'm doing, I, um, I'm very, very super focused and have like a, a niche liking to certain things. And so my personal Twitter feed or social feeds are very much curated to the things that I like. So it's not that I'm overly consuming, like I rarely know too much of what's going on in other subsections of pop culture. Um, when it comes to black culture, I'm very much tuned in though. <laughs> I think that there is kind of a tension between wanting black culture to be represented um, and not wanting it to be exploited. Mm-hmm. I'm really wondering how you, as a creator of media that is meant to be shared, navigate that kind of tension. Yeah, I mean, I always look at it as in a similar vein now as television and um, film, like for like the example of like, you know, reality TV for the longest, longest time, the only images we were seeing of ourselves were reality shows. And almost everything that we saw was like this small section of representation. And for me, I mean, I'm a huge consumer of these shows. I love it. I mean, I, I love Real Housewives of Atlanta. That's like one of my favorite shows ever. And I would never want it to go anywhere. Um, but and I think the problem has always been the lack of just diverse images and making sure that there's a clear cut um, or not clear cut, but like, you know, a robust uh, forms of images. And now we're in this unique space where we have, you know, Insecure and Queen Sugar and, you know, everything Sean is doing and more people, you know, creating um, so many other images of us for us to see ourselves. And so I, the work that I'm doing in the gift space is kind of, I try to model it after that, where, you know, it's not just the memes and you know, the funny stuff, but, you know, other forms of representation, other images of us, people who don't necessarily um, always get, you know, their image put out into the gift world, making sure that there's a, a great array of images for us to have and, um, that people can look and see so many, so many types of, you know, images of us. So I think that's what's important. I think it's pretty clear that Black girls created the aesthetic of the internet. And I think one of the reasons why um, people are so thankful for your work and gravitate toward your work is because you make these images so easily for us to reference. Um, but I, there is like this ongoing conversation about like digital blackface and who should be able to use which images and for which purpose. And I'm wondering if you had any, had any thoughts about non-white people engaging with these images or using them in a way that's, I don't know, perpetuates stereotypes. Yeah. I mean, I've been looking at a lot of those conversations as well. I think in general, that the best thing right now is just to, you know, make people more aware um, of this and make people a little bit more conscious of like their choices and why they pick the images that they do um, to represent them. And I think I recently saw something the BBC did on this and it's like, you know, maybe you just don't see that you're doing this, but I question, why do you always pick that? Uh, to be your like form of relief and like your online representation and what you're sending and sharing. So I definitely think that that's the starter point is to be very much more conscious. I mean, for me, like I said, coming from an academic, an academic point of it, I've always been a person that's kind of like studied images and, you know, the ways that we consume things and how the things we see, how powerful images are 
to you know how our, our world and how it shapes us. Um, I think just being a little bit more conscious in that space is all, uh, valuable. Definitely, very, very valuable. GIFs have been around for a long time, but in another mm-hmm. way, they also feel very of the moment. The popularity feels very much like 2017. I'm wondering mm-hmm. how long you think that the GIF craze will be around. I hope forever. I really or do. GIF. I just said GIF <laughs> yeah. like multiple no, times. Really I don't, I, I'm only judging in my head. I won't judge you. <laughs> um, no, I hope forever. I mean, I think of it like I, I remember um, the guy that I was liking in college and this was like sophomore year. I was like flirting with him and he was like, oh, I want to send you some emojis. And I was like, what's, what the fuck is an emoji? And like he like downloaded like this extension to my iPhone that I just got. This was like my first iPhone ever. Um, so that what that took seven years ago. And I'm still fucking sending emojis. I mean, there's not necessarily an emoji craze. Like we still are demanding for, you know, more blackness within that space. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, Where's there like, why isn't there a fucking black family? Or I don't know. But um, I, so I don't necessarily know. If, I don't think gifts will disappear. I think they, hopefully they continue and have the same uh, leverage in that space, especially as we continue to like um, make them even more accessible. Like I just remember how hard it used to be to like find a gift and share a gift and send a gift. And I think Giphy and our partnerships that we have just made it easier over time. So I think that's kind of why like there's like a, a big moment in the craze right now because there's a gift button in almost everything you have now or mm-hmm. uh, that just wasn't the case before. Like you literally had to put in a lot of work to like <laughs> get the gift that you wanted. Yeah. Like on, on Facebook now they've made it, I guess there's been enough outcry of not being able to use gifts. They've made it much easier to post gifts. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the gifts in the comments everywhere. Yeah. So, um, and I personally, like I always question, I'm like, I actually really like gifts so much. I'm like, is it, am I, am I drinking the Kool-Aid? But like, no, like in my everyday life, like when I'm texting my friends or where I'm on Twitter or wherever I am, like I'm unbiasedly me to use gifts. Yeah. Um, so, and I don't think I'm going to stop anytime soon. And I consider myself a young person that's like, you know, cool. So I hope they don't go away anytime soon. <laughs> well, Jasmine, thank you so much for talking to me about the work that you're doing. I think it's so cool. All the dope work that you're doing, it does not go unnoticed either. You're so dope. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Black Media Minute. Thanks so much to today's guest, Jasmine Lawson. Find all of our previous episodes at blackmediaminute.com. That is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Find us on Facebook and Twitter. If you have some comments or suggestions, I'm open. Email me, Kimberly at blackmediaminute.com. That's all I got. Thanks, guys.